first weekend of the men's Six Nations, the squad announcement for the women. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. women at length and also from the Wales under 20s camp as they too wrap up their Six Nations campaign having pretty much mirrored the results of the senior team so far. But we'll start with the final Six Nations game of the season at the Principality Stadium when Wales face Italy with a chance of finishing third if they win and results go their way. A couple of massive landmarks, Alan Wynne-Jones reaching 150 caps for Wales, Dan Bigger 100. We'll hear from the outside half shortly, but first, coach Wayne Pivak explained his selection for this game, starting with a change at hooker. Ryan Elias is pretty much on vapours. By that, I mean he's been uh, working really, really hard to stay on top of a niggly injury, which he has done really, really well. The medical team have done a great job, so he's one that we ruled out. He could have played if it was a World Cup final, but it's not, and so... Uh, we're looking after him. Maybe just start with your captain then. 100th Wales cap, he's already got his 100th cap in the tournament. He's kept the captaincy. Can you just sum up that achievement, please? Yeah, well, he's a champion, isn't he? Yeah. Dan is, is somebody that he demands high-quality trainings from himself and his teammates. He works very, very hard at his game. He leads by example. Everything you want in a leader, really, and a good number 10 in terms of running the game, managing the game. And, yeah, in terms of the captaincy, he's done very, very well. He's grown throughout the tournament. I think looking back from probably week one to now, he's handled himself really, really well. I think he's doing a great job on the field. Feedback has been great. He's doing very well uh, in the training sessions. So, yeah, real credit to Dan. And to, to play 100 games is, you know, it's just fantastic. It shows the resilience, the fact that you know, he's been able to come back from injury in the past and come back from non-selection at times. And, you know, he's acquitted himself so well over his career that I'm really, really pleased that he gets to do that uh, in front of a home crowd. So Alan Wynne-Jones, straight back into the starting side? Yeah, there are a number of guys that we believe in the side that can do that. It's the preparation that they do coming into camp and then when they're in camp. He's been with us a, a few weeks now, so we've monitored everything he's done. He's trained very, very well, ticked all the boxes, and the injection of a few fresh players is, is going to be good. The fact that he'll be playing 150 test matches with no one else on the planet's ever done, I think... Um, it just shows that he is a special person. We think that he's one that can come back, as he's done in the past for the Six Nations last year. Um, Will Rowland's on the bench. Him and Adam Beard have been excellent during the tournament. How should Will Rowland's feel to sort of be on the bench now with Alan Wynn coming straight back in? He's going to finish the game, isn't he? And he'll play a, a role in, from sometime after half-time, if not uh, before then, if there's uh, an unfortunate injury to, uh, to anybody. So, look, it was one of those ones where we looked at Will and Adam. Both have played virtually every minute of every game so you know they've both had big workloads coming into the competition as well so Adam runs our attacking line out and Will's been running the defensive line out so Al will just take over that defensive line out role and, and then we'll see what we do with Will in the second half. I mean you know what Alan can do and you've seen it you know for years was there a temptation perhaps to try Ben Carter and maybe uh, lead him out? No we're, we're obviously watching everybody in training and, the, and they're getting feedback on whether they're playing or training and their work-ons and Ben's working hard at his game but for this particular match 150 matches at home in front of a home crowd is something special and to play it with Dan on his 100th and the fact that Ella has been a player that's been able to come straight back in in the past along with others that have were brought back to this competition so look it's uh, one that we're comfortable with. It's not a sentimental selection? 
No, you've got to earn your right. You've got to earn your right. You've got to train hard and you've got to make sure you tick all the boxes and he's done that. Is this an indication then, Wayne, that you see Alan Wynne-Jones going through to the 2023 World Cup? Yeah, I hope so because we've contracted him that far. So, um, yeah, there's never any question in my mind that, that he wouldn't be unless uh, there was injury. He clearly has to maintain form and, and be selectable, obviously. One with the captaincy, obviously Dan's done it during this tournament, Adam Beard still vice-captain. Long-term, what do you see? Because obviously Alan Wynn's been your captain for a long time. Dan's done a good job for you during this tournament. Yeah, now on the head, Dan's done a great job in the tournament. And Beardy's doing a great job as vice-captain. And it's, it's growing your leadership group. And in terms of Adam Beard, you know, he's one that would be a mark for the future that uh, potentially has the capability to lead his country. So we want to continue that development and finish this competition off with the two guys that started it. Four changes in the back line, Wayne. Johnny McNichol, Willis Alaholo, Lewis Samet, Gareth Davis, all attacking players. What are you looking out to them on Saturday? Exactly that. We want to attack. We want to um, create scoring opportunities, which we did against France four or five times, which is, we've been through in the review process. Um, we weren't clinical enough to finish off. So obviously we want to continue that theme of creating, but we want to make sure that we make good decisions and, and we finish teams off when we get in, into the position where we can score. So certainly they are attacking players and you know, we think they all deserve an opportunity because uh, you know, Johnny McNichol at fullback in the autumn has played very, very well against the All Blacks in South Africa. Willis Hallaholla has had the unfortunate COVID incident previously and, and the hamstring in this tournament. So things haven't really gone his way and, and he's been very patient. He's worked very hard behind the scenes and you know, we think he deserves an opportunity. So we, we want to learn more about Willis in a starting jersey. So, and I think Gareth is uh, fresh coming in. Hopefully we'll uh, enjoy the opportunity that's presented for him. And Dewey Lake, four good performances off the bench, and Dylan Lewis, did those starts? Yeah, and again, um, Franny's played well, Thomas Tighthead, but it's an opportunity for us to learn more about the other two. And with Dowie, yeah, Ryan's obviously, uh, we've left him out, and Dowie gets an opportunity to start. And again, we'll, we'll see how he goes in a starting jersey for the first time, which uh, he's looking forward to. Just how important way is it for you to finish third in this tournament, which you can do this weekend? Oh, certainly we'd love to. It'd be a great way to finish. You know, obviously we've got to get a job done on Saturday and then we sit and wait and, and see how the other results go. But certainly that is, uh, mathematically, the, there's an opportunity to do that and we'll certainly be trying to do our bit by getting the win at home. So Captain Dan Biggers hoping for that win as part of the celebrations of bringing up a century of caps. Quite an achievement. Very special. I'd be lying if I didn't sort of have it in my mind that oh, probably when I got to about 90, I think I got to 90 in last year's Six Nations. I hadn't given it a, too much thought before that, but when you get into sort of the 90 odd caps, it's very difficult to sort of look, I suppose, not look towards getting to 100. So it's been a bit of a, not, not a countdown, but a bit of a, a sort of a, a nice moment to get to. And hopefully we can, you know, make the day really special for Al as well in, in terms of his achievement, which is incredible. You know, hopefully we can finish as high as third in the championship, which would be a nice way to finish. Same day as Alan Wynne jones gets the 750th Welsh Cup, you mentioned it, two boys from Swansea. Um, how special is that? Yeah, just really fortunate to have played a lot of rugby with Al over the years. To play 150 tests in the position that he does is is some achievement. And I know he's, he's been out for a while and, you know, it's done... Um, incredible thing to get his body back fit and same as he did in the summer but um, yeah just really honoured I suppose to, to share the day with him and there's going to be obvious chat about the achievements from myself and, and Al but 
I think what me and Al are really conscious of is that we want to make sure that we put on a really good performance during the week in training and, and obviously Saturday and finish the competition off in a really good way to make the day special. You ever captained him before? No, no, maybe a one-off, I think. It's a really nice touch, I think. You know, Al, there's, no, there's been no issues with that at all and it's been a nice touch, I suppose, to be given the confidence from Wayne and... I've really enjoyed the job in terms of this campaign. It's it's been, you know, not without its challenges, not the the easiest job in the world. But I've I've really enjoyed the challenge. Really enjoyed sort of leading the group and to lead Al as you know as if I can do some sort of job that he's done with leading myself and other guys over the years. I'll be pretty happy. He's a bit older than you. Fifty more caps for Wales. Do you remember when you first met him? Uh, God, it would have been. I think my first sort of pre-season with Ospreys, or when I first came into the Ospreys, he was still, I suppose, still relatively young in his Ospreys and, and rugby career then. So, really grateful to have played a lot of rugby with Alan, watched him turn into what he is now. Really, a, a, you know, an absolute legend of the game, but a real figure, isn't he, in the game, a leading figure in the game in, in the, over the last ten years. So, but yeah, first would have been in, in the Ospreys when he was young pup, a bit more energy than. Then since really he was he was all over the shop and sort of running around like a headless chicken. Actually hasn't changed too much now actually, but um, been a long time coming with uh, playing with Al. It's really difficult, isn't it? Boys who've played have have done a really really good job, and I think Al would acknowledge that himself. But I, th- I think you know when you've got, I suppose, a player of his caliber and his pedigree it's very difficult if, if he's back fit and available and, and what he's given to the jersey it's it's a di- very difficult one not to select him I suppose so um, you know and I, and I think if we're if we're honest you know he's not that he'd want to be picked for for sentiment at all but I think he deserves a pretty good day in in Cardiff as well with with his 150th it's a pretty special achievement and to have his family there and things would be immensely proud but the boys in the second row have done incredibly well over the tournament really stepped up and put a lot of pressure on Al you know Al knows that that he's got to perform now in terms of playing side of things because he's, he's been out for a while but there's no doubt that the group of lads who've played in particular Adam Beard and, and Will have, have stepped up massively and, and provided real competition for Al and is third place important? massively important yeah absolutely if you look at any year you play England and Ireland away, it's always a tough task to win it and uh, and be in the mix because they're the two toughest games. But then you chuck in, you know, you're playing the probably the well the best team in the world over the last 12 months in terms of France. You know, we should have got a result, but we didn't. So you know, there's no ifs and buts. You know, we can talk about that all day, but we you know we we were unfortunate not to get a result. But to win the game well on Saturday, which is which isn't going to be easy. We're up against you know no. People are writing them off a little bit. They're a very well-organised side with lots of good individual players in their side. So we are very aware we haven't got to just rock up and get the job done and finish third. We need a couple of results to go away and we've got to play well ourselves. But I think it's more important for us to do our bit in terms of putting on a good show, some positive rugby and really finishing the campaign high. And then if that takes us to third place, it it will be really important because we've had some tough fixtures and and we, we sort of grown into the tournament slowly. It seems strange now you're you know, Wales captain, 100 caps, Lion. When the 60 cap rule was brought in, I think you were on 56. And if you got an injury at the wrong time, it could all have been put in, in jeopardy. Everything has happened since. Do you look back on that at all and think, 
a bit of a lucky escape given, that, <laughs> given what's happened since. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was fortunate in terms of time. It's all about being in the right place at the right time, isn't it? And I remember actually my son was being born. I think it was the Australia week we played, and I said to my wife, I said I've got to make sure I've, I'm in for training. I've got to make sure I'm in for just in case that anything goes wrong, or you know, an ex- perhaps an excuse not to be selected, or or if other boys perform well. So I knew that I needed those four caps and to stay fit and and to be fair to Gats at the time he was great he said even if I picked up a bump he'd have rolled me out just to maybe get a couple of caps to get to 60 so um, yeah no it's absolutely yeah 40 odd caps since I've been in Northampton so you know that's been great as well I'm really glad to have been able to carry on my international career with the 60 cap rule I know it's caused a lot of debate but I suppose for me it's been quite good in, in that sense so I said to Wayne as well I said that I'm obviously conscious that the 100 caps is on the horizon and it's, it's impossible to ignore but I've, I've said to Wayne it's I hope that it's how many I can go past 100 as well in this team and, and help grow this team and develop this team over the next 18 months or so and see where we can go. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Well he's showing no sign of stopping now. As one Six Nations ends, another begins, though, with Wales women announcing their squad this week, with the returns, amongst others, of number eight, Shannon Harris, and outside half, Flaky George, along with Lurie Norkett, older sister of former Wales wing Ellie Norkett, who tragically died in a car crash a few years ago. Wales had a narrow loss to the USA in Tlethley at the weekend in a warm-up game with plenty of changes but clear signs of progress for the newly professional and semi-professional players. Here's what coach Ewan Cunningham is looking for. We'd focus on our performance first, especially internally. So building on those those performances in the autumn, uh, where we, we managed to get two wins, which we were really happy with. Internally, we look at, first of all, we've got to be scoring points. We've got to be scoring tries. We're delighted that we're scoring tries from a lot of the great work that's been put in from the girls. And I think if we stick to what we've done in the autumn and build on that, we'll start to win more games. And I think we've got to be confident within our group to look at um, two to three wins in this competition, which will set us up nicely again into the World Cup. And uh, looking at the squad then, as you said, there's a a good balance of uh, experience and new caps as well. Uh, Sean Ed Harris is back. Talk us through your decision to bring her back into the setup. Well, she brings a wealth of experience, which um, we're delighted with. Also, she's been playing really well for Worcester. She's been great in our environment. You know, she's got her head down working hard and... And within our environment, everything is about the team first. And we spoke clearly and openly honest with the group and said, you know, make it hard for us not to pick you. Um, So everything that they do in our training environment is really important. And she's embraced that. And um, we can't wait to see her go over the next uh, five or six weeks. Where would you play her? The number eight jersey uh, looks like a bit of a battle now between uh, Sean Ed and Shuan. Yeah, it's, it's exciting from a coaching point of view. Competition drives standards at the end of the day. And... Uh, and that's what we want in our squad, you know, uh, girls uh, fight for places. But also, I think it'll be um, fantastic to get the two of them on the field at the same time. I think that would be brilliant because, uh, you know, they're both top quality players and to have them on the field at the same time will only help us. We saw Flaky George have a run out for you guys uh, at the weekend. Great to see her back in the setup. I don't think she's played a cap game since March 2020. An incredible skill set on, on such a young player. Um, you must be delighted to see her signing one of the retainer contracts. Yeah, super excited. That's what we saw. An outstanding skill set. 
can throw 20, 50-meter passes, no problem. Uh, an excellent kicking game uh, can get you definitely out of trouble. You know, a long, long kick, you know, which can give you a lot of territory. So getting her in our environment and evolving her game where she become a bit more of a threat with the ball as well and taking it to the line, mixing it up with those strengths of hers will be brilliant. And, and that's what we're excited to work with her over the next period. You think they've made strides in all in all areas? Yeah, 100%. You know, I don't want to single anyone, anyone out, but, but two players like look at Lisa, Lisa Newman and Charles Joyce, you know, their catch-pass skills have gone through the roof. You know, we've developed Lisa's kicking game, attacking kicking game, and suddenly just being conscious of it and actually looking at a triple threat option instead of, you know, maybe just carrying. So those type of things are so exciting. And when, when you see it happening, and then you sit down with them in the week and go, look, you, you know, this is what, what you did. And it's like, it's quite motivating, really. Player in particular is um, Laureen. Obviously, her story about her sister, she got been capped. But I just want to talk about her and incredibly emotional story but for you she's there on merits not because of obviously emotion around everything that's happened with her oh, 100% she's picked up for her playing ability and her work ethic and attitude she's been excellent in her environment she brings us a different type of attacking ability she's very direct she's powerful both with and without the ball you know she spot hit a USA center on Saturday and and suddenly you know this this is great that's what we want from a physical side of the game and she's excellent and again there's another player which we can't wait to to see how she goes over the next six weeks in our environment it's your first six nations how are you feeling about it I can't wait it's a brilliant competition having supporters back as well first game Ireland away it's super exciting it's gonna to be a tough challenge I've been to the RDS uh, loads of times it's a great place so uh can't wait to get going Gemma Rowland, a nasty couple of injuries, I suppose. So she must have really impressed in a short space of time to be named in this squad. Yeah, and credit to her. You know, the work that she's put in to get back fit and available, firstly, has been excellent. And again, back to that work ethic, she's worked really hard coming over some tough injuries. She adds experience as well. You know, back then she communicates really well uh, and she drives standards through a training ethic, which is great for us in our group. Captain Sean Lillicrap is certainly looking forward to the start of the Six Nations with renewed confidence. We're working hard and training and you can see a huge difference just from watching how we've developed. But the other thing that we're kind of hanging our hats on is how hard we'll work for each other. So I think that's that's the main thing is, you know, I think our skill set and everything else is flourishing over the last three months and hopefully everyone can see improvements on that. But then the other thing that we want to measure ourselves on is how hard we work during those games and how hard we work for each other uh, with that team first mentality. So I would say that's what we'd be looking at and we want to be measured on. And for you personally, with the talk around Sean Ed coming back into the side, how would you feel about playing in the second row or holding on to that eight shirt? How have those discussions developed? To be honest, those discussions haven't happened with Johan, but you know, it's, whatever's best for the team, essentially. You know, Sean Ed brings experience to the squad and has, has been playing well. So it's good competition. And as you said, you might see us both on the park at the same time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, he's got tough combos to, to think of now, hasn't he? How do the excitement levels compare this year now, given that uh, 24 members of your squad are either pro or semi-pro? I think, you know, the excitement is through the roof, I think. The other bit that it adds is confidence, really, as players in the squad, because we're spending or spent as a 24 so much time together, but also as an individual, like my training week and my week looks completely different to what it did 12 months ago. Actually, it looks completely different to what it did three months ago. And 
we're all loving the journey and I think we got an opportunity, you know, every day to work on individual skills or an area of the game we need to work on and whether that's low key, you know, we're in the gym so much more than before and we haven't got to rush through our gym sets like, you know, before being completely honest, it was probably more of a hit workout, you know, 40 minutes, whatever to get it done and you're out because our timings were so tight because we're all working. But now it's like, right, use your program achieve every rep to your best ability and you know that's something else that we're hanging our hat on when we're, when we're in whether we're on the pitch or in the gym is making every rep count so our lives are so different now and that then changes our confidence because we can do so much more to prep ourselves and the team than we were able to do so I think you know the excitement is through the roof and as Nigel and, and you and referred to performance is the main thing we're concentrating on and that is the thing that's at the forefront of our minds as players is all these things we're doing in training and analysis off the field is how does that affect our performance? And that's the thing that we're, we're concentrating on the most. Take us back to uh, the last time that you guys played Ireland then and uh, the post-match press conferences. There was a, a few tears shed that day. Did you ever think in your heartbroken state that you'd be sitting here 12 months on as a full-time professional athlete looking forward to taking on Ireland again? No, like, and that was probably, you know, one of the dampest moments and that upset was caused from, I didn't know the answer and I didn't know what was next. But I, like I've said before, it, it's credit to, to Steve, the CEO, and, and Nigel then, since he's come in and, you know, really driven stuff in a short space of time and made huge changes. And now we're in a, in a different spot and I'm like, this isn't even 12 months yet. And then, yeah, I went talking about my emotional states and then got upset in the press conference in, in January. And that was because the reality of someone who asked the question hit home, like, what would you say to the 17-year-old girl from Manalo that didn't have a team to play for? And I was like, that was me. And look where I am now. Like, everything is, is possible. But that is credit to, I know Nigel said, you know, the team and everyone that's, that's done everything. But, you know, Steve, Nigel especially and, and, and have driven everyone else to achieve these things so we're really grateful for that and we're in a, a different spot and we're not putting pressure on wins the main thing for us is performance and you know we need to remember that as players because yeah you put pressure on results and we're only three months into this and it, it can be a negative effect on us but you know we're concentrating on that performance and hopefully performance can result in results like we've seen in autumn's just talk about this squad. I obviously mentioned you, Joanne, about Lurie and uh, the sister, but you must have played with Ellie as well. Can you just talk to me about how you feel about this kind of story, really? Because it's, I, I'm writing the tweet and I can barely not cry about it, really. So I, I don't want to make you cry now. But you're trying to make me cry now, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, this is this is the game. No, uh, yeah, uh, Ellie was one of my best friends. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I can't believe how, how many years has passed since we, we lost Ellie but it's so special for Lori and she deserves this. You know, she's worked hard. She took up rugby because of what happened to Elle and she, um, yeah, kind of took Lowe's under, under our wings in the first instance in Swansea when I played for Swansea at the time. And that's when she first started playing. And I know how special this will be to the Norkit family and Lowe's specifically. And, you know, to be fair, Lori hasn't given up. Like she took it up, loved it. And she wanted to achieve something and look at where she is now. So that, you know, all that hard work is purely down to her. And I, I know Ellie would be absolutely beaming and uh, gutted because I know she always wanted Laurie to play with her. So gutted not that. 
they're up together. But I know Laurie played netball for Wales and was an outstanding netball player. So it's yeah, as I say, all of all of Laurie's success, to be fair, is down to her hard work, determination to get to this spot. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing what Laurie can do this campaign. And that's been a remarkable story. There have been plenty of changes in the women's game since Nigel Walker took over as performance director at the WRU and he says there are more to come. We are proud of the progress that we've made and I think if people look at the ledger they will see quite a few changes to the programme. The acid test is what the coaches and the players think of the programme. Uh, there were some negative things around the environment and Johan's already mentioned environment. I don't know how many times because it's important. A performance environment to allow people to express themselves is incredibly important. But we're not deluding ourselves. We know we've got a, a way to go. Um, but we've made a good start and I'm excited about the future. Three girls, I think, from the squad that have been picked from Welsh clubs. Where are we in terms of uh, developing high standards here in Wales, you know, with most of the players playing across in the in the Premier 15s? That is one of the difficult areas. Uh, and it's not difficult because we don't want to address it, but it's the sort of thing that you can't change overnight. It's something the strategy group is looking at quite intently. Um, we've got a head of player development who's starting next month. That will be one of the areas that that head of player development will look at. And we're hoping to put together a proposal which will mean that whether it's in 18 months' time, two years' time, three years' time, and you are talking about that, we can move to a situation where there's an option for players, quality players, to play in Wales and to make the Wales team. But we want to get to a position where there's an, a viable option of playing in Wales. We're working very closely to make sure there's a seamless transition from the community game to performance to professional it's been great seeing the uh, the under-18s regions back. Are we going to see the, the senior regional teams back next season? Possibly. And it is a possibly rather than a probably. These are the things which are under discussion. We're going to definitely going to establish an under-20s team. Once we've established an under-20s team, we've got an under-18s team and we've got a flow of talent through to under-18 and under-20. We need to look at what the next step is to bridge the gap between under-20 and senior. Is it regional sides? Is it a, some sort of cross-border competition? And I'm throwing things out there. These are all things that are being discussed, but certainly no decision has been made on that, but we know it's an area that we need to address. You spoke about the red areas and amber areas in the review report. How many of those areas, or maybe how many of the recommendations are there left to address? I did a presentation to board a couple of months ago, and when I presented to board, I think it was 32 or 33 of the recommendations have been implemented. The ones that remain, and not because we're reluctant to do them, they're the ones about the player pathway and the structure. And they're the ones which take longer to implement. But we are committed to implementing. I'm not hiding behind the review. Crikey, it was poor. I've said it was poor. We are in the process of addressing the issues within the review. We're probably three quarters of the way, maybe a bit further down that ledger. And we'll continue to make those improvements. Wales under-20s will also be a key area going forward as they look to finish their Six Nations on a high. Squad captain Alex Mann returns in the back row after being sent off against England for a high tackle. And also coming back a little early after taking a course on tackle technique under new world rugby rules. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty difficult these last two weeks for me personally. I went from man to match and then straight down to, I don't know if I'm going to take part in the tournament again. 
and I take it on my shoulders as captain. I want to do everything I can to make sure we win. Everything I can to make sure the boys do well and I do well. So it's been really tough. Like I said, one minute doing well and we've gone off the win, and then the next minute I'm on the sidelines, helpless really. So I'm yeah, I'm really glad to be back. I can't wait. You could rise again, and it would be great to finish with a win. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's all my mind is on now. Really, um, obviously it's a disappointment, but that comes in rugby. I've had some good chats off the field, so I'm more than ready to uh, go and put a performance in on Sunday, and the boys are ready. Yeah. What the hell are you going to do next year when you grow up, so to speak, and you've got all those international players in the back row at the at Cardiff? Yeah, so uh, it's healthy competition for me. I want game time, um, and I want to keep progressing. Coming from this Six Nations, now I've had chance to train with the senior squad as well and that's real inspiration and something I look forward to because that's where I want to be. I'm going to go back and, and have talks because I, I want to keep progressing. I, I want to keep getting better. That's where I want to be. So if that's more game time and that's what I need, so that, that's what we're going to look for. I've been working hard off the field when we haven't had games just for those opportunities. Now I've had opportunities and hopefully I've taken them. Um, take another one on Sunday now. But yeah, like, like we said, it need to be playing. That's what I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better. All I want to do is get better. How have you found it playing with Cardiff at the Premiership? It's been good. I think physicality-wise and just playing senior rugby, I've, I've enjoyed it. But, but I know that's a stepping stone. So I'm going to give 100% in Cardiff RFC. But for me, I, I want to be playing a professional rugby. But yeah, it's been good when I've been playing. How was this coaching course that you just went through? It was something I haven't done before, really, but it's something I have to do. So uh, me and Byron have been going through it after training, different stuff, grabbing a few of the boys, threw some tackle tech on, just to remind me uh, to go a little bit lower. Yeah, it's been okay. It's not, not too bad. As long as they're playing, that's all I'm at this. I guess World Rugby are trying to get people to aim lower, change techniques. You're obviously at the start of hopefully a long career. Will this change you? Has it changed you, do you think, technically? I don't think it'll change me that much, to be honest with you. Like, we were talking a few inches lower in hindsight than it would have been the best shot of the game. So uh, I should have gone lower. Um, I wouldn't have been sent off if I went a little bit lower. But I'm a physical player. I like the physical contact. And when my opposite number was running me, like, there's no way I was backing down. But yeah, like you said, I should go lower but not as low to not make a dominant tackle it's just like I said a learning curve for me and how I'm going to progress so I've had some bumps in the road now but um, that's not going to stop me at all It's a very fine margin that dominant tackle versus just creeping up a fraction isn't it? Yeah exactly it's the fine margins and I play on the edge really because if that comes off like I said it's probably the best tackle of the game and maybe he goes quiet a bit uh, but I'm always going to play on the edge because that's the type of player I am because I, I, I was on the best for the team and for myself. So I never go into a game intentionally going to hit someone high or like hurt someone in a, in a way that is legal in, in the game and the rules. I never go in with that mindset. I want to do it fair. Um, so that's what I tended to do, but it, it didn't come off. Good to have him back and good luck to the Wales teams in action this weekend, of course. Plenty more next week. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.